is still at sea. <laughs> She's still floating. <laughs> well, I'm on a ship figuratively, but I have literally been off the ship since 24 hours ago, and I'm still feeling it. <laughs> yeah. And this is a Disney cruise. Never been on one. Did, did you do the water slide? I saw it. It was amazing. I didn't get to do the water slide, unfortunately, and I, I really, truly wanted to. I was actually ready to. There was just so much to do, but because we had a, the early broadcast, we had to be down there at 4.30 in the morning, get everything set up. Did you snorkel? I did, uh, in Cabo. So when you reach the port, they have to transfer you by boat to the port. And so whatever excursion that you sign up for, and you just end up walking over and they have it so organized you don't get lost. And that was one thing I was like, well, once we get to Mexico, like, what do we do next? Like, how do we get to this place? And it's all right there. They, they had staff everywhere to just point the way. You didn't have to use your brains. And that is something I look right. for in a vacation is being brainless. I want to be a zombie. <laughs> and you could be a zombie as you want. And and no pressure. You know how when you go places and you feel like, okay, I got to do this and this and this. And you can be on the cruise ship and not do a darn thing. And you can wow. do as much as you want because there's so much to do. Um, mm. And... Um, my son was of age to drink over in Mexico. Mm. Uh, so when we went snorkeling, the snorkeling group that we went with, they were like serving sandwiches and stuff. And then and they tequila. were just serving up drinks. Trey's first margarita was on that boat. <laughs> because That's a good he was experience. A, I know. <laughs> yeah. Did he like it? He liked right. it. And guys, I've been here in the Pacific Northwest for over 25 years. And guess what I've never seen that I saw at Cabo San Lucas? You won't a whale. It. There was one time we saw a mom and her her baby, and then the this big whale did the whole thing that you see in the movies and TV: the big <laughs> jump up, you know, belly flop, <laughs> or head and torso flop. Oh, anyway. wow. Are you sure they were real awesome. whales and not like a Disney animatronic <laughs> whale? <out there? laughs> like Chuck E. Cheese's. Let's show right? the people. They'll tip us well. <laughs> oh my God! How was the food? Oh, <laughs> um, so I'll take that as a good. <laughs> it was very good. They set us up with rotational dining, so each night we ate at different restaurants, but with the same people at, at our table. They had us, everybody you know, that was at the radio station and our friends and family, be at the same table. It was awesome, oh, nice. and the same server dressed differently to go with the restaurant theme at each restaurant. I, I got emotional two different times mm. during this this cruise. One was because it was Disney. I didn't expect, like, you know, at the theme park where you have fireworks. They actually had fireworks. I'm surprised that's possible. I believe they're the only cruise line that does fireworks out in the middle of the ocean. They told us that there were even times when other cruise lines, they would kind of go close to the, the cruise ship <laughs> and, and just watch the fireworks from afar. Here's how cool Disney is. They're like, our fireworks, they're mm. for everyone to enjoy. Uh, <laughs> I just loved that that is what they said. Like carnival princess royal caribbean come close and watch the show this is for you guys too the other time i got emotional was just the ocean itself mm -hmm. they gave us a stateroom that had a veranda you could sit out there and just watch the ocean mm. open air um mm. and and my kid was doing his homework 
on the veranda <laughs> was so great. Aww. So, Why do you but have to do homework. I know. Well, he <laughs> he decided he was going to go. I said, you know, if you can do classes from the ship, yes. He's like, I can, and he did. So he just did his homework on the ocean. Very nice. It was very nice. Thank you, Disney Cruise Lines. Visit DisneyCruiseLines.com. Hashtag Disney Cruise Lines. (laughs) Thank you, Warm 106.9, for trusting me to even get the work done. You did a great job. You did a great job. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody else had a little Cali vacation. I did. Yeah. Um, It was fun. Uh, My niece, Mary, got married. This is uh, my sister's daughter. Her son got married last summer, also in California, which none of them are from, by the way. (laughs) But uh, my nephew was living in California. Now he he and his wife are in Australia. That's another story for another day. But my niece, uh, having visited her brother in California over the years, fell in love with it and decided that she wanted a tiny little destination wedding in wine country. And... um, it was absolutely lovely. She didn't want a giant bridezilla, bridesmaids and grooms and all that kind of thing. She just wanted very intimate. And that is what she got. And uh, and instead, they spent the money that would have been spent on, you know, 100 people on making just a, a, a magical is the word that comes to mind. Uh, I, I cannot begin to describe how lovely this event was. There were only 15 of us total. Um and um, they basically rented this um, uh, little, vi- not little, it was big, vineyard house. It was so, it was like the world's fanciest Airbnb, which it isn't. I mean, it's specifically a wedding venue. But that's okay. how it functioned. I mean, we had the place entirely to ourselves, all 15 of us. There was no staff. She brought. She had a wedding planner that came in, and there was a chef that came in with his, his staff to, to cook the, the rehearsal dinner dinner and then the wedding dinner. And they brought, and the, otherwise they just brought in sandwiches and snacks and a lot of wine and soft drinks and all kinds of other things. And we just, I felt like a Kardashian. I mean, it really <laughs> was, we were pampered. That's how I felt. Or like, Anna, you watch Succession, right? Yes. There was a moment where it did feel like the family was gathered, you know, <laughs> like, a, you know, bore on the floor. you like, there was going to be some, you know, not that it was bad. It was wonderful. But there, my nephew was like, I feel like I'm in succession and we're all about to get fired, you know. Um, but it was just, it was really lovely. And um, I'm just, my niece is just such a beautiful woman and just put to see her in that her wedding dress and my brother-in-law walking her down the aisle was, it was just indescribable. I mean, she was a typical teenager. She and her father and her mother fought like cats and dogs sometimes. And <laughs> it's like to see that moment of just pure joy on both of their faces, obviously my sister too, but you know, it's the daddy that gets you walked you down the aisle. Um, just, it was indescribable that moment. Um, and um it was just lovely. And then we decided to drive because, um, you know, it's not even that flying is that expensive, but renting a car is incredibly expensive, um, mo- much more than flying at this point, especially just to, to California. And we knew that we wanted to have a vacation and visit people, and we definitely needed a car for this. The wedding was in such a remote place that there's no way that any kind of transit would have done it. So, mm. so we took a road trip. And it was the first time Sharon and I realized that we had, in many years, taken a road trip where we weren't moving. 
(laughs) Every other road trip that we have had in the last 20 years has been a car full of everything we own and at least a dog and a cat, if not two or three of each, right? And so this was so just freeing to like go where we wanted and do what we wanted. And and we saw family and we saw friends and... um, it was just really, really great, and I'm I'm so glad we did it. And it, the gas isn't wasn't even that bad. I mean, no gas is higher than it, it used to be, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it really it was not horrible at all. And I'm I'm so glad we made that decision. God, I am smiling so big for you guys right now. Thank <laughs> you. I I love I love how you said it was just magical, and it was just you guys, and it was like the Kardashians. Did you get a butt implant or? I did. I did not get a butt implant. Okay. Um, I probably could have if I wanted to. Um, there, there was a makeup and hair lady who did nails, but I, she didn't offer butt implants. Oh, dang, um, man! My, but my niece—I don't know if this is my niece or the wedding planner, or or they did this together. But it was these little touches, like oh. we instead of just like your name on a place card, which for 15 people, I mean, come on, we didn't actually need place cards, right? But still, (laughs) we actually got a menu. Like we have, we all got this little like, I don't think I put this on Facebook, but we all got this like basically little uh, piece of like beautiful parchment paper with our name on it and then giving us the menu. Like what, here are the starters and here's the second course. And it was, the other thing was both the uh, rehearsal dinner and the wedding dinner were very small portions with multiple courses. So you really did feel like a Kardashian, the first course, the second <laughs> course, and the third course, the fourth course. And it was just like the most perfect little braised short rib you've ever had. And then suddenly there was this carrot corn risotto and like all this other stuff. <laughs> and the, um, the wedding planner is also a sommelier, a wine expert. So, oh my gosh. So during the wedding dinner, and my little menu has like what all of the wines were that she selected for each, like each course had its own wine, right? And <laughs> she describes it to you, right? Said, now this is the, now this Thai coconut broth is going to be served with a Justin Sauvignon Blanc. It's Central Coast, the year is 2021. <laughs> and then this year, they took the oak barrel and they did this and they put this thing and, and we're like going, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. And by, by like the fourth one, it's like, just pour the wine, lady, you know. <laughs> it was so. But it was it was not pretentious. I'm describing it in a pretentious way, but it was just <laughs> sweet and fun, and we were all super dressed up. And the other thing that my niece did, which was just so freaking thoughtful, was it was cold there. It was mm. not... During the day, it was pretty warm, but at night, it was extremely chilly. And she had also asked all the women to be in formal wear, so we were all in, like, sleeveless. Mm -hmm. And, um, I mean, I brought a little, like, wrap thing because I knew I'd need it. But she went on Amazon, and she bought us all these matching um, uh, blankets, beige blankets. Like, neutral tone will go with anything, right? Right. And so we got out there, and she's like, if anybody gets cold, there's blankets for the ladies. And sure (laughs) enough... Left and and I'm like, can I keep this? And she's like, oh yeah. Like so, like I still have it. And it's just, it was so, just little things like that, you know, that you you can't do with a hundred people, but you can do with fifteen people, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, well, yeah, I remember I, I the posts, and she looked absolutely gorgeous, and everyone looked so happy. And I love how you and Sharon like matched. Yeah. We did. Not only did we match, but we matched the wisteria that was popping. Like, we took this picture and they're like, oh, my God, that exact same color is in both of our dresses. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Crazy. And we had, di- we, had di- we had different outfits for the rehearsal dinner. And there's no pictures from that. I didn't post any pictures from that. But um, we, matched in, we matched in that one, too. Um, 
that was more like slacks, but you know, cocktail slacks. But mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. it was pretty cute. We we you know they say the more you're the older you get and the more you're married, the more you start to look alike. And we definitely uh, dress alike more. <laughs> I dress like her now. I I've just I'm Aww. after fifty years. I'm starting to learn how to be a girl, and um, <laughs> so it's sweet. kind of fun. Yeah. So. Yeah, even my sister was like, oh, my God, look at your grown-up shoes. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I actually wore a heel, you know. Um, but part of that is because I found someone to help me actually buy clothes, buy shoes, like get things that I fit and know how to wear and understand, you know. there's, I never knew there was so much to that, but I'm enjoying that now. Of course, now I'm out of events, but that's good because I'm also out of money. Um, <laughs> oh, no. But, um you're dressing so nicely for these weddings. Are you? Do you still have your shopper? I remember a one event. I think it was a year ago. That dress was popping. That was a like daytime summer, like heat of California dress, and so we we went with a lot of color on that one. This one was more uh, the it would the indication was formal, so we wanted something a little bit understated. And I didn't really really want to wear black, but there was so much flowers in it that I felt like it was okay. But absolutely, I could never have done that on my own. This mm-hmm. shopper, I cannot recommend this enough. This is at Macy's. It is free. It does not cost anything. They don't take tips. And not only that, but the shopper I have, her name is Samantha. She's like a genius with the coupons, so she'll like. <laughs> Do this, and I do have a Macy's card, so she'll be like, okay, we're going to ring this up, and then you're going to get Macy's bucks, and they're going to spit those out, and then we'll ring the second half up, and we can use the coupons we got from the Macy's bucks on the first time. Oh, and then there's this coupon that'll give you 25% off. You know, I mean, she's <laughs> like, uh, she, and she seems to love it, you know, to, yeah. to doing that. And so, yeah, she was, oh, and she called me, oh, I'm so glad you're coming back, blah, 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 blah. I mean, she really just seemed excited about it. So, and Aww. Sharon came with me this time, and yeah, that was a good a, a really good thing. It, I would okay. <laughs> what, one more story, and then I'll stop monopolizing the the, the podcast. <laughs> Do it. Do it. So there was a little bit of drama, not terrible, but just a little bit. <laughs> what? Uh, on Saturday, the day of the wedding, we had a nice leisurely day. We went out for a hike and did you know took some pictures. So there's a lot of animals around. There was horses and goats and all this stuff. And Sharon and I were out doing that stuff. And then we were. I was hungry, you know. But the wedding was going to start in two hours. I didn't want to eat anything big. So um, they had brought in a bunch of like breakfast, you know, kinds of things. And there were some bagels. And I'm like, I'm going to have a bagel. So I go into the kitchen, this big, you know, kitchen with like everything you can imagine. And by then the chef had arrived and the kitchen staff and they were getting ready to put together the wedding dinner. And I was like, oh, do you guys mind if I toast a bagel there? No, no, no. Come on over here. Here's a cutting board. Here's a knife. I'm like, okay. Boom. Sliced my thumb (gasps) right open. What? Frack. 50 years of cutting bagels I've never cut myself and I Holy crap. I pick I pick 2 hours before my niece's wedding <gasps> to do crap. so. And I'm like, "Oh, oops, I cut myself and I grab a paper towel and boom, blood's just gushing oh, out." And I'm like, "So I grab another paper towel and blood's gushing out." And by then the, the, the kitchen staff start noticing, are you okay? And they, I'm like, oh, are you okay is an understatement because there's blood like going down my arm and oh. into the sink right where they're preparing <laughs> our meal. <laughs> Fortunately, I didn't bleed on any of the cooking preparation oh. services, just straight into the, into the sink. And uh, oh my God, they were so calm. They're like, here, let me look at it. And I go and, and, and the next thing I know, the chef comes over with this giant first aid kit, which... belongs to them they carry a first aid kit just for this reason and as as my nephew later pointed to me out who would you rather have quickly fix a knife wound a doctor or a kitchen chef (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like 
you're right. They've probably, they were like, oh, we've all done it. So anyway, there was, I thought, you know, this probably needs stitches. But there was no time. We were literally in the middle of nowhere. It would have taken more than an hour to oh. drive anywhere, let alone wait. And I was wow. not going to miss this wedding for a cut right. thumb. <laughs> so oh he goodness. he just packed it and packed it and packed it and wrapped it. And I, I elevated and pressure and all that stuff. And sure enough, it finally stopped bleeding and it was all wrapped up. And then I just tried to keep it. I told Sharon, obviously. And then I pretty much just tried to keep it to myself after that. Very embarrassed. Apologized profusely because I was taking up their time. And they were like so nice and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and then um, and then it was Sunday. And it and it kind of hurt. But I'm like, eh, it stopped bleeding. It's probably okay. You know, if, if it needed stitches. And then Sharon was like, nobody had seen it except for me and the chef. And Sharon was like, well, what what's it look like? And I described it to her. And she said they wouldn't be able to stitch that anyway. That's They might super glue it, but there's really nothing you can do. Let's just wait another day. I'm like, okay, well, because we were wine tasting Monday and I figured, uh, uh, Sunday rather, and I figured I'd be feeling no pain, so it wouldn't matter. <laughs> and so if once we got back to civilization Monday, I would get it looked at. So then Monday comes and we leave and we go to stay at a friend's house. And I'm like, oh, you guys, I got to go to a dock in the box and get my thumb looked at. And and, and this friend was like, nah, I'll, I'll take care of it for you. What? And do you guys do you guys have those friends that like can do anything? Not like in a not like in a mansplainy preachy way, but just naturally have the ability to like do everything, you know? Oh, yeah. And and <laughs> Melissa's one of those people. So she's like, I'll take care of it. And so I go and I do something. I come back five minutes later and she has laid out a towel and she's got five kinds of Band-Aids and peroxide and antibacterial soap <laughs> in a dish. She's got like a whole little ER set up for me. And I'm like, okay, clearly these people have cut themselves. <laughs> you know? And she takes some scissors and she carefully unwraps it and she inspects it. She's like, yeah, I don't think that needs stitches. I just think it needs to be really clean. And so we cleaned it and peroxide. She just totally doctored this thing. Wow. And, oh, my God. Thank you. Um, and, you know, that was that. At that point, I was like, not getting stitches. Just going to kind of go with it. So every day I've kind of cleaned it and watched it. And it's not infected. I, I definitely watched for infection. None of that happened. But it looks weird. Like, I've got this little flap now. <laughs> I don't know if that's ever going to heal or if I'm always going to have this little, like, thumb flap. You know? Oh. So, so your thumb has a thumb? <laughs> My thumb has a thumb. That's exactly right. My thumb has a thumb. Oh and now gosh. I'm wondering if I should still go to a doctor. If there's any, they would probably go, ah, well, you should have got stitches. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're going to have to take the whole thumb off now. Right. Exactly. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Anyway, oh. I still have it. It's a pain in the ass. I change the Band-Aid every day. And, oh. You know, I've become an expert on bad Band-Aids. really bad ones out there, but I, I think I finally got a good one. Awesome. So, what are those yes. band-aids that look like an H for? Yeah, the butterfly. That's that's what's on me right now. That that is what I finally realized I needed. It it's so that you don't um it gives you more arms to wrap it gives you more arms to hug your boo-boo. <laughs> oh. So when you have something that's like a fingertip or a thumb tip, because it wasn't in the side, it was right on the top, like the tippy top of my thumb. Oh. Yeah. Oh, um and so you can't get a normal Band-Aid. You have to use two. If you get a normal Band-Aid, you go over the top, but then it kind of flaps around, so then you have to do another one around the side to secure the first Band-Aid. Oh, and, I see. And it's sticky and floppy, and it's annoying. So the one that's shaped like an H, which is called a butterfly, goes over the tip, and then you take the little fingers and you wrap them around your thumb. Or oh, I see. I am so imagining that now. I can totally yeah. see that. 
I think I'm going to trademark that. It's like a hug for your finger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think Band-Aid would pay you for that. I think they would. My dog tried to eat it off my thumb. And oh. It hurt like hell. Oh. Like, Ow, stop that. So when it we, is kind of shaped like a bone. Yeah. <laughs> when we were kids, my na- my mom had really sharp sewing scissors, and my neighbor girl friend, her name was Dee, she was playing with them, and she cut the tip of her finger off. And oh, this was sh- the craziest sh- thing. Bah! My mom walked in, picked it up, washed it off, and stuck it right back on. And I'm not kidding you. And actually, we were all just probably just in shock. Like, what do we do now? And so anyway, it was so funny because it did. It healed right back up, but my mom got it on crooked. So there's a little twist. It's like she has... But to think of that, I remember as a kid thinking, who would have thought of that? And she just picked it up, washed it off, and stuck it right back on there. And it just like sectioned on. Like how, wait, does it does it like just melt together like automatically, like for one second? It, well, it just had, it, it had enough stickiness that it just it just stuck right on, and she put a band aid over it, and it healed up, and just like with what? a little twist, little little crooked, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's oh, God. exactly essentially what happened to me is it just I just put it back together. Right. <laughs> and and just let it re knit on its own. And, you know, stitches yeah. help you to do that and not get infected. But, yeah, if your mom I wouldn't have done the same thing either for your mom. I would have been like, oh, well, there goes that finger. Right. You know, and then just dealt with it. But, yeah, that's smart that she knew that, that it would eventually. But I mean, you also you still have to watch for it to not get infected. Absolutely. But I love that she put it on crooked. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Ouch. Yeah. This is the medical version of listen and learn or not. Yes. <laughs> Don't try this at home. And, ER. And if you want the metaphysical version of listen and learn or not. Yes. Uh-oh. Did, oh, my God. Am I going to get scared? I'm oh going to say I'm going to say one name. Oh, hold on. What? Ma- Matthew McConaughey. Oh. Green lights. What? Yes. He did a huge, big event. Did you, none of you heard of this? I heard of it. Yeah, I, I follow him on Instagram, so I saw that this event was coming, but I didn't get to uh, participate in it. I participated. Yeah, explain it. <gasps> yeah. Well, it, there were a lot of people on there that I follow, like Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, um, gosh, all of a sudden I can't think of his name. Um, Gino, Gene, oh gosh, I'll have to. Dean Graziano. That one, yes. Mm-hmm. And Marie Folio, Forlio, who I have followed for years. And it was really talking about being your best you. And two things really stood out to me. Okay, one was Marie Folio because this, uh, you know how I always talk about change your, uh, change your thoughts, change your words, change your mind. And, yeah. And so, you know, even these great thought leaders get into ruts. And so she was telling the story how she had Marie TV and she had all these amazing things. She had a school teaching people how to live what they love and create their own business. And every time her partner would come home, he would say, you know, how are you doing? She's like, I'm overwhelmed. And, you know, she just kept saying that. And one day she recognized because, you know, our our words our thoughts become words and our words become things. And she recognized, oh, my gosh, I keep saying I'm overwhelmed and I keep thinking it's going to go away and it's getting worse. So she said it was like this little ticker tape went in front of my eyes and it said, I don't do overwhelm. And so she started saying, I don't do overwhelm. And she said almost instantly her life turned around. 
Wow. And I loved it because, you know, it's like, say, say, say you work somewhere and you think someone doesn't like you and you say they don't like me. So then you start to believe it and you start to act different around them, even though it may not be the truth. So when we question our thoughts and we speak the truth, so, you know, saying, huh, I haven't met that person yet. I bet we would be friends. Changes the way you behave, the way you act, the way you think. And it just it just hit me really hard at a time in my life when I'm doing a lot of work around that. I mean, I've always done that as a coach, but it's even deeper areas, you know, things we think about our family, you know. So, for instance, um, my son has struggled with addiction, and there were times when I'm like, he'll never get it. And then I speak those words, and that that actually changes vibration. And so I started saying, he's going to get it. He's going to figure it out. And then I feel different. I act different towards him, and maybe that will make a difference with him. But it was so interesting to hear how our words matter, our thoughts matter. Even even when they're internal, like you said, your thoughts, right? It, you know, we talk about that um, beliefs um, and um, it, it is things you usually say out loud. But that's interesting. She talked about because I'll do that. I'll wake up and I'm like, oh my god, I have a million things to do. I'm never going to get them done. Right. And other days I wake up and go, yeah, I can do that. I'll get all that done. And I don't know what the difference is. I don't know what the attitude difference from day to day with the same amount of things that have to get done is. I love that that you. If you just train yourself to change that mindset, maybe I'll have fewer of those overwhelmed days. <laughs> and and the thing is, it's like she said instantly, but I'm sure it was because she had done so much work. You know, I don't think everything always changes instantly, but I do believe that it just it really sets you up to look at things different and take ownership like her part in it. Like it wasn't happening to her. It was her. You know, it was her life and the way she was looking at everything. So, yeah, so I loved that. And so then, what does Matthew McConaughey have to do with that? Oh, my goodness. I was goodness. wondering what Green Lights is and, and what Matthew McConaughey was doing. So he wrote a book called Green Lights, and he had journaled his whole life, and it, it, was, his, it was his story of how he became so famous. And, you know, he was a rom-com star, but he didn't want to be. He wanted to be taken seriously. And so what happened is... He said he moved out of L.A. He said no more rom-coms. And they were calling him and offering him huge, huge money. And he kept saying no. And it, that was not easy. But he knew if he, if he kept doing rom-coms, that's just all he would be. And he, and he wanted so much more. And so they came, there was one particular film, and they came back with something so unbelievable, an, an amount and he said no. And you know what? Hollywood went, what's he up to? And that's when he got Lincoln Lawyer. Mm. And mm-hmm. so he, he, you know, the book he wrote was how when we believe bigger, we stand up for that. We don't settle. And so he had, he, he did, it was pretty amazing because he asked people to put things in the chat and then he would read it and say your name. And so, you know, I know people were like, he said my name, but <laughs> he's, you know, he talked about first admit, admit the things that you're saying, admit the things you're doing, because we all lie to ourselves. So let's admit it where we are and then let's move on from there. You know, let's admit we're struggling with something and say it and then 
we can move on. And what I love the most, and I think you can still watch it. It's called The Art of Living with No Apostrophe. That it doesn't, <laughs> which is like, hey, punctuation. And if you put it down, everyone's like, you forgot the apostrophe. It's like, no, he forgot the apostrophe. Anyway, at the end, he came on and he talked about selfishness. And he said, we've got it all wrong. We're supposed to be selfish. And my brain's not tracking. I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> and he, he you read are the, the least selfish person I know. <laughs> I know. Well, he read the definition of selfish. And selfish is taking time. For yourself, and he said, if we're taking time for ourselves, even if it, even if the kids have to stay outside for an hour longer, because you're taking time to do the self growth, to make the thing happen, to make the money, to take care of your family, if that's selfish, then that's actually a good thing. We're doing a good thing. It's the people who won't take the time, who put themselves last. They never do any self improvement. They never make it anywhere in life, and they're always mad at everyone. And that looks unselfish because they're not doing it they're not taking time for themselves and so it took my mind a long time to wrap around that but he said we've got selfishness all wrong if we are selfish in the way that we are taking time for ourselves doing the thing we need to make ourselves better for everybody else then that's actually a really great thing hmm I know. My wheels are turning. My wheels is, are turning. <clears throat> this is probably cool. the same way I, yours what, was. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, not tracking. That's what I in my mind. I'm like, not tracking. Oh, yeah. You're trying to do this big grand ending and try to, you know, re redo the dictionary. I'm not buying it. But then, you know, as he kept talking, I'm like, well, yeah. It, you know, I mean, I've said this before on this podcast. Alex L., she said, um, Self-healing is an act of community service. So if you think about it, when we're always putting everybody first and we're never doing what we need, and then what happens when we don't take care of ourselves and we don't do what we need? We get mad. We blame. We don't behave very well. We get exhausted. We get burnout. And that doesn't serve anybody. And we call that unselfish. Mm-hmm. Whoa. So I'd rather be selfish. Then unselfish. <laughs> <laughs> there is, there does seem to be more of a push and a, at least a kind of more conversation now around self care and wellness. Mm-hmm. I think that I think it's important that, that 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 is happening. I do sometimes wonder if um, you know how we talk about you get in an echo chamber, like whether it's social media or TV, or whatever. We follow things that we tend to that tend to reflect back the way we feel and don't necessarily challenge us. And I wonder, like, I love that so much. Like, how do you get that message to to people who need to hear it, you know? <laughs> well, you yeah. know, there th- there's, there's a theory to that, and it's, the, you know, it's the art of attraction. And when you live in a way that um, represents that and people see it, they might go, I want some of that. What's your secret? Interesting. Lead by example. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe not lead, self-heal by example. <laughs> exactly. And when, when yeah. we've talked about this too, when you are raising your kids and if you think you're fat and you think you're ugly and you're looking in the mirror going, I'm fat and ugly, and then your little girl turns into a young adult and she's looking in the mirror going, I'm fat and ugly, and we're like, no, you're not. Where did you get that? You know, mm-hmm. because we didn't know how. And, you know, and in a way, there's so many things we were 
told to be a certain way that wasn't necessarily the truth or the way, right, to be. Right. Like, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, serve everybody all the time uh, is really good, but not to the exclusion of yourself. Because, you know, the whole thing about self-care is if I told you my story about Roxy, right? Is it ringing a bell with you? My friend Rox- Roxy was a public speaker, and so she got on stage and she asked, how many of you are givers? Everybody raised their hands. So she picked two of them to come up on stage. And she said, how many of you are receivers? And not very many people raised their hand, but one lady raised her hand. She said, you come up here. And, and so she, she walked over to the table and grabbed some plastic cups, and she handed one to each of them. And then she went and got a, a pitcher of water, and, and she said to the receiver was first in line, would, would you like some water? And she's like, sure, fill her up. And then she went the next one, no, thank you, I'm fine, no, thank you, I'm fine. And so she said, okay, I'll be right back. And she went off stage, and she comes back. She goes, I've been in the desert. I'm parched. I'm so thirsty. And then she she came in from the other side, so she went to the first one with the empty cup. Do you have any water? And she's like, uh, no. She goes to the second one, do you have any water? No. Then she goes to the one who's the receiver. Do you have any water? Sure. She poured water in her cup. It's like when we give and give, but we never receive, we have nothing to give. Okay. First of all, you have not told us that story. That is a great story. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And second of all, wow. But yeah, so when you explain it that way, it makes perfect sense. It, but it is hard, like you're talking about with Matthew McConaughey. I would have been like you. I would have spent a little bit of time with my brain kind of fighting the concept, you know? Yeah, going, nope. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it was it was really interesting because here you are all alone in your house, and everybody's on. He's You can see some people, you know, some people are on Zoom. Some people are probably on a, I don't, you know, webinar Zoom. There are probably different, you know, ways to be on there. Um, yeah, but you did. I did. I felt like a community and especially because people were putting things in the chat and saying things and and a lot of people were me too, me too, you know, because it's like someone would say, uh, say something and, and someone else would be that. Yeah, yeah, me too. And so it, it really was kind of an amazing thing. And I think people can go back and watch it and I think it would be awesome, but I don't think it would be the same as when he was doing it live. Because also, he was caught off guard a couple times, and you could see him, like, laugh because of what people would put in the uh, chat. And then sometimes he would just go sit down and get his drum and start drumming. And you're like, this is weird, <laughs> but also kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. I do, I do have a question, and, and, and I don't mean this to sound cynical or doubting. It's a true question, and, 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 he, and he may have given the answer, and you just may not have been able to describe it. But, you know, when he said he didn't want to do rom-coms anymore, he moved, he moved out of Hollywood and he was just going to wait and he turned on all these big paychecks. Um, not everyone can afford to do that, like literally afford to do that. There, sometimes I've been very guilty of this where you take jobs because you need the money and it kind of gets in the way of the time that you would be taking to work on something better for yourself. Um, did he address that at all? The fact that he, he had the luxury of saying no to work? Um, yes, he did, because I, I think, so I'm not sure. His wife may have been working, because they moved back mm-hmm. to Texas to, you know, live a little simpler. But also, he, he was prepared. He, he was going to go be a teacher or a, a coach at school. Mm-hmm. That was his next uh, move. So he had a plan. And, 
you know, I I think that, Claire, that is like the best question ever because a lot of times when I'm coaching people, they'll get a job that's not quite but good enough. And, you know, it's one thing to just not work. But when you're doing it intentionally, and I remember this one lady, she got offered this amazing job she wanted, but it was, uh, I can't remember, but I think it was during the time her kids were home, it was evenings, and she was a single mom, and she said no. She she just had to, and it was like two months later, that same company came back and said, we want you so bad, what hours do you want to work? Wow. And so I think it's more about the principle of holding out, but being willing to do something else if you need to. It's kind of okay, like putting right. it out there and then letting go of it. Right. Right. It's risky. It it's is. scary. You know, I mean, we're we're going through it now with, with you know, my wife who is building what is going to be a fantastic business, but the building process is uh, uh, financially challenging for us, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we're going to make it. I have no doubt that we're going to get through this and we can, you know, kind of already visualize the ways that we're going to do that. But it is hard, you know, and, and she has been into a position where things have come along and, and, and we've said no. And, and by we, I mean both of us together. Like she'll say, should I take this? Should I do this? Should I try this? And um, I'm like, no, you know, that's going to get you off your path. Or mm-hmm. if something, maybe it's almost better to go the opposite and go completely mindless, you know, yeah. do something that's completely unrelated to your path just to get income coming in, you know. But it's hard to do. You 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 do have to plan for it and you have to have a backup plan and... And all that stuff, you know. And I can tell you as a coach, when people go full in, when they go, this is what I'm going to do, I'm on my way, pretty much all hell breaks loose. And it's almost like the whatever force is saying, do you really want this? And I've, I've read mm. stories from other coaches. I've experienced it myself. You know, it's like you go full in and then uh, you have this big unexpected bill for your house or your car or, you <laughs> right. know what I mean? And the thing is, is that... It's it's the belief and the hope in holding on to that. It's that higher thing that you're believing and you're not giving up. You know, and we we hear about overcomers all the time and what do they always say? They didn't give up. They just kept believing it was going to happen some way somehow, you know. And it probably morphs a little as you go. Mhm. Yeah. But I, mm-hmm. that's huge, and yes, it's scary and it's risky, and there's always that saying that if it's not bigger than you, it might not be worth going after. <laughs> Ooh, interesting, yeah. But when you think about this life, do you? Want, I mean, I know so many people are working in jobs they hate, but they've got insurance, they've got a retirement, they're going to suck it right. out until the next five years. Is that, you know, is that really how you want to live? And if not. I really believe in that serendipity when you're brave enough to start taking steps. And I don't believe you just quit your job and go find something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I believe in in you you nurture it, you look at it, you plan it, you, you make it happen, but you don't give up that dream. And often people give up their dream because they think somebody's already doing it or I could never do that. And I think that's what Con- McConaughey wanted. He wanted you to believe that you could do the thing that you really, really, really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. That you were made for more. And what's it called? The Art of Living? Living. The Art of Living. That, the apostrophe. Yes. Did, it, did you have to pay for it? I did not, but some people paid and they got to stay on longer and be in a Zoom room with him and ask actually ask him questions. Okay. But for the bulk of the presentation, it was free. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. 
I haven't read Green Lights. It sounds like maybe it would be good to read. <laughs> yeah, it's more than a biography. It's it's not just the story of his life. It's really the story of how he figured things out. And like he got instant fame. And that was really hard. You know, wow. Yeah. He goes, I don't want to be a whiner. But all of a sudden I had, you know, all this money and all these things and I could do whatever I wanted. And, you know, and he he alluded to there's probably a lot of things that are tempting, like that people put in front of you when you get that status. And, you know, he's like morally, you know, do, do I do these things? What do I do? He didn't know what to do. Was that Dazed and Confused? Was that his first movie? Sorry, I digress. Yeah, God, <laughs> I'm, I just remember. I'm pretty sure I feel it was. like I should know that one. <laughs> no, that was one I never seen. But I feel like I've seen other things like um how to something something in 10 days or something like that. How to that? how to lose a guy in 10 lose days. Lose a guy yeah. in 10 days. That's it. Rom-coms. Yeah. Right, right. But he was great in um the first thing I ever saw him in was Contact, which was not a uh not a, a rom-com role at all. Yeah. Um, it was more sci-fi. Yeah, Sifoy, right? yeah. and his particular role was was pretty serious. He was not serious, but it was it was good. He's yeah. cute. Oh my god, he's so freaking cute. He he said the um, name of the movie that made him famous, like that took him over the edge, and I can't remember. But you know, when you look up his name, it's it, uh, so many things about getting slammed for his self help. You know, getting um, uh, like Matthew McConaughey slammed for bizarre self help webinar sales pitch. Um, oh, come oh, on. Yeah. He, he's monetizing his vibe. Uh, you know, they're really wanting to take him down. Yeah. People always want to take people down. It's mm-hmm. just been yeah. nuts. That's just what we do. We take people down, mm-hmm. which is just just crazy. I'm really, uh, I'm, I'm uh, more and more checking out on a lot of social media stuff. Not even, same. okay, let me rephrase that. Social media, same. But also, like, when you open your phone, and I don't know about you guys, but, like, Apple, like, puts a little, there's, like, little headlines on the front, right? Mm-hmm. And they're all so negative. Like, so-and-so finally speaks out about being snubbed. And I remember we used the word, the word <laughs> yeah. snub. And, and, you know, it's always, like, I think I must have clicked on a Harry and Meghan story once, and so now I get all these, the palace did this and this and that, and, and the sports, it's all this negative and gossip and mean and it's not news. None of these are none of these are like a news story, you know? And I'm like, I gotta get rid of that. I mean, that is really just that's negativity I don't need, you know? And but more importantly is why are they sending that to me? Why do they think that people want this, you know, gossip and and and, and snideness as the first thing they see when they pick up their phone? Right. It's got to be working for them on some level, or there wouldn't continue to be people that were. Yes. They wouldn't keep doing it. But just like you said, the echo chambers repeat those headlines and their little articles saying saying it's truth, and then they tweet it and all that kind of thing, and then it just it just mucks up the the vibe. <laughs> right, and you got to get away from it. You got to yeah. just you got to force yourself to get away from it and that's easier said than done but man i i was totally checked out while i was gone for a week totally checked out i got i was on no social media barely <laughs> looked at the news all i did was hang out with my family and do crossword puzzles and drink a crap ton of wine and <laughs> it was so liberating to be unaware of what was going on and then when i was aware i was like oh my god look at all this horrible stuff that happened <laughs> you know? <laughs> Um, you know what? Same here. I think we were on a trip the same week. So uh, uh-huh. the cruise, because it's a cruise, 
I don't have any news and any TV that they have in our staterooms only show Disney movies and, and what, was, <laughs> what was happening on the cruise. By the way, sorry to put you back on the cruise here, but um, <laughs> this was something that Seth actually pointed out that I thousand percent agree with is that everybody on the cruise staff wise and guest wise. And I say guest wise because it is important to say that. Everyone was so nice and friendly and patient with each other. And he pointed out and said, I wish outside of this cruise, the world was like this. Oh. I was like, oh, my God. I know we all felt it. We, I, I'm not going to say it was this fake stuff. It was, I think, truly people were feeling a good vibe. We're we're vibing today, aren't we? (laughs) I I just wanted to say that, you know, to notice that, it just tells you what stress we've been under the last few years. Totally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with that. And, you know, if just everybody, and now I'm going to be all Pollyanna, (laughs) if, if every single person on that cruise just took that attitude and was able to go home and go out in their community and just like a little, like just two or three percent try to live that and exude it you know what a difference that would make Mm -hmm. like don't don't bring home the sunshine bring home the niceness (laughs) yeah the nice shine (laughs) the nice shine i love that and on that note i gotta get going she's gonna get going all right guys spread love out to your communities and what'd you say love shine Love shine. Love shine. Love shack. Spell love shack. If you see a stated fine on the side of the road, it says 15 miles to the north. Shack! Team group All right, well, we're just going to do a quick close. How about that? All right. This is Listen and Lynn. Oh.